Hi there. Do you know what your anxiety profile is? Me, I was a besieged panicker. We often say that the first step to reversing anxiety is to understand it. And that's why we've created a tool to help you discover your anxiety profile. And it's totally free. In about 90 seconds, you'll receive your customized anxiety profile. And it will answer so many questions you've probably been struggling with, including, am I going crazy? And why me? So if you haven't yet, pause this episode and head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile or click the link in the show notes. I promise you'll get a lot more out of this and every episode once you know your anxiety profile. And now, on to the show. Love and Loss Part 2, today on the show. Welcome to the Life Free of Anxiety podcast, where each week we'll bring you another discussion to help you on your way to overcoming your fears. I'm Erica, and together with Dr. Charles Barr, a licensed clinical psychologist specializing in anxiety, we'll be your guides on this journey. To find a list of helpful free resources we offer, head to lifefreeofanxiety.com. Because you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. Well, hi. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. It's great to be with you. A quick warning. We will not be with you next week. We are moving in my house. We are moving around Christmas, and that is a lot. (laughs) And we're going to take the change program's advice, and we're not going to wear ourselves out trying to put up a show next week. So we're going to actually be back with you next year. Um, But this is our last episode of the year, and it's a great episode because it deals with loss, which is always so hard around the holidays. I was hearing today that the holidays are the loneliest time of the year. So while all the buildup around us says it's the happiest, it's actually not. It's the opposite. So we do want to end with um, this episode with my friend Gina and talking about the loss of her wonderful husband, Frank. Um, If you haven't heard part one, make sure you go back and listen to that. And also we have a good episode up a couple weeks ago about why we feel everybody is under stress right now. So we'd love for you to hear that. Um, Also, you can still buy the change program. You can give somebody the gift of the change program. Um, there's still time. You can get that for a Christmas present even because you when, when you buy it, you basically just have online access. So there's nothing, there's no such thing as a late Christmas gift here. You just have to say, hey, I bought this for you and you can log in now. But I'm guessing, my guess is you listen to this show because you deal with anxiety. And we really, really want you to walk into the new year with more purpose and tools, really effective tools to deal and combat anxiety for the rest of your life. I'm not going to get too into it, but it is a 16-week program. You can do it from home. You can do it from anywhere. If you have any questions, you can reach out to me. But look into doing the program because it's something that Dr. Barr and I both did when we were dealing with anxiety, and we really truly believe it can help you. So check into that for your New Year's resolution, getting better control over your anxiety. I'm serious. This is the best gift you can give to yourself. And that's change with two A's.com, change.com. You can also reach out to me at Erica at lifefreeofanxiety.com. Okay, well, I want to get to the show. I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Thank you for sticking with us this year. You were with us, some of you, at the beginning of the pandemic when we didn't even know what it was, how you caught it. And we wanted to calm you down with all the information we did know. Well, now we know more information and we just pray and hope that you have a safe and very happy new year and, of course, a much brighter and better 2021. But from Dr. Barr and I, 
We both really thank you for being here, and we are thinking about you this holiday season. So now let's listen to my friend Gina, who's not only dealt with love and loss of her husband, but also recreating an entire new life for herself and how she's gotten through the loss. So during this time, he's pitching in Dodger Stadium, and he's pitching against Fernando Valenzuela, and he throws one of his fastballs to a guy named Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs hits it, and it hits Frank in the elbow. It was actually, the, the ball was actually headed for Frank's face. So he did what anybody does. He put his arm up to block his face, and it hit him right in the elbow, which caused, it didn't break his elbow, but it caused bone chips to dislodge and his elbow to swell and all that. It was a very, very bad injury. Those balls come fast. You don't want to (laughs) injure your pitching arm. Yeah, right. So he starts to go through a crisis like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my life if I'm not a baseball player? So at that point, the guys he had been hanging around, these, these Jesus freaks, these Bible thumpers, they're there for him. They're loving on him. They're um, praying for him. And that really, um, that really influenced him. Like, wow, these guys are the real deal. Mm. They're the ones who are really here for me at this time. But he still had these questions. He was like, I really want to believe this. And I do go to church and chapel, but I just need more. So thankfully, they went to the chapel leader, whom we didn't know at the time was the number two man with um, Athletes in Action, which is a division of Campus Crusade for Christ. Mm -hmm. And Wendell is somewhat schooled in what's called apologetics and giving reasons for faith. So he knows how to kind of deal with, you know, Frank's questions, and he gives Frank three books. He knows that Frank reads, so he's like, I want you to read these books and refute them. One of the books was The Evidence Demands a a Verdict by Josh McDowell, and Frank, there was no refuting it. The evidence was crystal clear. So Mm -hmm. if anybody's listening to this podcast and you're feeling the same way my husband did, I just want you to know there are answers out there, and the um, evidence demands a verdict has been revised. Um, it mm-hmm. used to be a lot like an encyclopedia, but it is so good, Erica. But anyway, yeah. Frank came to Chapter 7, which is entitled Liar, Lunatic, or Lord. And those are really the only three options for Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, and I'm not talking about a mythical Jesus that people made up. I'm talking about a historical man who walked the earth. And there's so much evidence of that. And this historical man was either a liar, a lunatic, or he was who he said he was. So Frank, on chapter seven, was reading this in the bathroom at, uh, they were playing the Pittsburgh Pirates at the time. And Frank gave himself to the Lord, just totally did a transformation. But I have to tell you, Erica, I was not thrilled about it. I was freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, you have become one of those Jesus freaks. And that's understandable to see somebody you're married (laughs) to, like somebody like Frank, especially just this major league baseball player, make this huge personality switch. I mean, even for anybody, anybody who has a friend like that, I mean, that would be weird. So that makes sense to me. 
And it is, it does seem weird. And I know there's a lot of people that think, yeah, I'm just not into that. But I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to challenge you to think about it a little differently. We, you're a, a human being and you have a soul. And what do you do for your soul? So many of us do very little. And I know you guys talk about anxiety a lot on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to argue that so much of our anxiety is, well, there's a whole bunch of reasons for it. And I'm now a counselor, so I, I don't mean to over-spiritualize anything. But oh. we do very little for our soul. We spend so much time on our outward appearance and how we look. He He didn't create mandates to keep us enslaved. He did it to make us free. And so it's all been so twisted over the generations. So anyways. And that's kind of what, I mean, that's definitely what pulled you through losing Frank. I mean, oh, Erica, if I didn't, if I didn't have God in my life, I can't tell you where I'd be today. I I can't even go there. Yeah. I mean, Um, I saw, you know, I mean, really, it was just like, how is she going to be? Is she going to be okay? And it was probably because I didn't know if I were in your position, if I would be okay. (laughs) So that was probably a lot of me projecting. Right. right? But um, seeing you so strong right after was remarkable. And I don't think anyone realizes like you were, oh, I mean, of course you were devastated and you grieved, but I never saw you lose hope. I never saw anything about you that said, I'm giving up. I can't do this. I can't handle another day. It was always just like, I'm taking a day at a time. I can't wait till this is, you know, moved. It's a later date. I remember you saying, I can't wait till I've moved past the the date of him dying more and more because oh, I have so much I want to say about that. Because again, I know you guys (laughs) focus on on anxiety on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It is so important to grieve properly, but that's what we don't want to do in our society. We don't, crying is a sign of weakness and, you know, going, if you're depressed, going through a hard time, that's a sign of weakness. And actually that's part of the problem. We don't allow ourselves to really deal with things. So I learned as soon as, you know, Frank's accident happened, of course I was devastated and you, you were with me through all that. You remember Mm. But I went to count, I went back to counseling. I'd gone to counseling earlier in my life for not any big reason. I just, if you read my book, I kind of go into it. Frank had gone to counseling yeah. when he went through a ministry burnout, and I saw the, <clears throat> how much it helped him. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go just to work out. I, I dealt with all my childhood stuff and all that, and I went to a really good Christian counselor. And I really stress, you've got to find a good counselor because there are people that are not good That's <laughs> and true. they won't lead you into a, a place of health. But if you find a good one, it's a really good process to go through. But anyway, so after Frank was in the accident and passed away, I thought, okay, I'm going back to counseling. And she helped me so much to just walk me through my grief. There were times when I went to my counseling session and I literally just sat there and cried Mm -hmm. and said very little the whole hour. But you know what? That's okay. Yeah. It's just really important to go through it and not stuff it because that's what we want to do. We want to shove it down. We want to turn to maybe alcohol, turn to other vices. Some people turn to eating, um, and they never deal with it. 
And I personally believe a lot of people carry a lot of anxiety because they've never grieved things in their life. The past seven years of your life looking so different, I'm sure not everything has gone back to normal for you or anything like that. No, You're still dealing with um, a lot. Accepting, accepting change is very hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a person that ever liked a lot of change, but yeah. I have learned in, in watching and in, in God walking me through the greatest, most painful thing in my life, losing my spouse after 35 years of marriage, I have learned now to really trust God. And so we're going through a major pandemic right now. Um, 11 months ago when they announced this lockdown and I, I know a lot of the listeners are going to relate. We were all like, what? Yeah. What? (laughs) We're going to be locked in our houses. (laughs) I live alone. And I just told you I am an introvert, thank goodness, Mm -hmm. but I'm also social. Yeah. So I was like, what? I'm going to be locked down by myself in my house for who knows how long? This was terrifying. I had the backdrop of knowing, God, you walked me through the greatest time, hardest time of my life. You can walk me through this. So the more we rely on God, the more... He meets us, and the more we grow as a human being, now, it's what, a wonderful thing. For somebody who doesn't know what that even means, relying on God, what would you say that I, looks like? Oh, boy. Um, without getting too uh, religious-sounding here, one of the things I love to do is go out and take walks. I live in a pretty area. We have a gorgeous view of the mountains, and... That ministers to me. That ministers to my soul. That's Mm. good for me. It's good to exercise, and that gives me time to think and talk to God and, you know, tell God what's going on in my life. Sometimes I'm I'm venting. Sometimes I'm asking Him for things. And sometimes I'm just listening to Him. Mm. That's very important. Also, plugging into church. A Christian church, we live in a culture now where, especially with the pandemic now, it's hard to go to church, but they're all over the internet, so there's no reason not to plug in. But listening to God's manual, which is the Bible, um, ministers to us. After Frank died, I started listening to KKLA and Christian radio, and it ministered to me all day. So those are ways that you can kind of get closer to God, because in order to get close to someone, you have to know who they are and what they're about. And so God's the same way. You have to seek out knowing him. Yeah. And that kind of help. Yeah, I I definitely think that helps. I think right now with the pandemic, there's, you know, social social isolation adds to grief. Um, oh, yes. And we've got, you know, people can't even go into a church, especially if you're in California. A lot of churches are shut down and, um, you know, there's just so their life looks so different. And to have grief on top of that right now, I think it's a lot of it's a lot. It's mm-hmm. a lot of stress. And it's I I just am so glad that you were not able to experience what you did, but that you're able to walk through this with such strength for other people to see that there's hope. Cause I, I think there's probably a lot of people listening right now who aren't sure that there's hope um, right. who have dealt with maybe not even being able to be with a loved one when they passed away because of COVID or 
not being able to fly in and and see each other and hug each other or do memorial services, you know, say goodbye properly even. Um, Oh, right. I know we are living in such a, an odd time and my heart goes out. I hear stories every day about family members losing someone. They weren't able to be with them. And yeah, we're, we're, I mean, I I don't have magic answers to that, Mm -hmm. but I do know that it's important to have relationships in our life. And many of us are isolated right now. Um, I am experiencing a really neat thing. I live in, Frank and I bought a home several years ago. Um, Our son was a baby when we bought the house. Mm -hmm. My son is now 40. So I've lived here 40 years. Wow. And over the years, we've had wonderful neighbors and everything. But during this COVID era, my neighbors and I have gotten so close and we've watched out for each other. And last night we all went outside. It was a nice day. And we brought our chairs, we social distanced, but we were all outside together. And we do that regularly. So in some ways, it's bringing us back to those old-fashioned values that are so important and so necessary and so healthy. Yeah, definitely. And and how are you spending the holidays? Are you able to see anyone or, I mean, is it still really rough for you seven years later when you have to get ready for, you know, a Thanksgiving that Frank's not a part of? Right. Yeah. It, this year has been hard because, um, I have an elderly mother Mm. who lives on her own. Um, my sister, my brothers and sister and I, we decided that, um, we would all, of course, help her out with food and all that. Thanksgiving was very different this year. Um, I actually uh, did spend part of the day with my mom, and I spent part of the day with a, a family friend at a very small gathering. And Christmas is going to be just very small gathering this year, so mm-hmm. it's going to be very different. You know, I have missed Frank a lot. Um, it's We're going on eight years. In fact, next week will be the eight-year oh, anniversary eight of... Okay. I know. Gosh, so, um, so I am. I'm not acutely grieving like I was. That took about two years to go through my acute grief. Mm-hmm. But of course, I still miss him. I can still remember him so well and my life that I had with him. But again, I attribute the fact that I'm not in deep pain any longer. I'm very happy that I was able to grieve properly because I do know people that get stuck and they kind of can't get over the hump because Mm -hmm. they just simply didn't grieve properly. Um, So, yeah, it's it's a hard it's just a hard time for so many. I'm a very empathetic person. So I hear stories and I see things when I go to the grocery store. I I just, my heart goes out to people very easily so I can carry things. But um, it's been a very challenging year. But again, because I lean on my relationship with God, I'm able to get through it and release things to the Lord. And it's so interesting for me to have seen the network you've accumulated with grief. I mean, I remember one time just sitting, I was sitting on my computer and you put a Facebook post and it just, it made such an impact on me because it broke my heart. And it was a man had written to you and 
he had lost his wife and he had oh, felt yeah. connected to you. And he asked if there was something he could even do for his brain to stop like the pain. And right. I thought that was so sad. And I told my husband and he was like, that is so sad. Like we were so sad for him because it makes sense yeah. why you would want to and why you would even ask somebody, do you know how to do that? And I mean, that's how bad it can feel to lose yeah, someone. Yeah, grief. Grief is very interesting because while I was going through it, uh, as you know, it's kind of like a tidal wave of emotion is washing over you mm. and there's no way out. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, there are things when I, when I look back and I, when I helping people go through grief, you do need a break from grief. Um, but I'm not talking about stuffing it or pretending it's not there, but you need to give yourself a reprieve. So for instance, I looked for, when I was in my deepest grief, right after Frank died, I really looked forward to going to, to bed at night mm. and to go to sleep because that's a reprieve. And, and I would often dream about Frank. So I kind of looked forward to it, oh, that's so but sweet. I, so allowing yourself to get rest and sleep and then having Letting people in, I made a decision to let friends and family into my pain, and they were grieving with me. Yeah. And so we would get, to, you know, friends were coming over, bringing dinner, staying for dinner with me. I was letting that happen. Um, people were spending the night for the first three months. My daughter, my son, my daughter-in-law, people were spending the night with me. Um, and I was letting that, I, I wasn't fighting it, you know, and we would, you know, at times maybe w try to watch a movie. It was hard in the beginning for me to even do that, but I would yeah. try to give myself little breaks. And so, and then I would also give myself time to just cry and feel that pain. So there is kind of a, nobody teaches us to do this. Right. Really. Yeah. So um, I enjoy helping people. That may sound strange, but I, I realize that I can help people get through that. So, um, and just knowing other widows who went through it is encouraging. God, mm -hmm. that was another thing God did. He dropped in um, a widow into my life. We met through a mutual friend. She had gone through a tragic uh, experience. She lost both her husband and her oldest son in mm -hmm. a plane accident. So sad. And so I had heard about it years ago, and I was able to meet her. We became friends. And just, she was four years ahead of me. Mm -hmm. So she was through her deepest grief. Oh, okay. And just getting to know her and being around her ministered to me. Because I was like, okay, I'm watching someone who went through it. I know I'm going to get through what I'm going through. So there's a real blessing in that, you know. Yeah. Didn't didn't she have? Are you allowed to say what ended up happening with her? Because I think I know how this this went. So a uh, year, a couple years after Frank passed away, my daughter Christina loses her mother-in-law. Josh's mom passed away, okay. and her father-in-law, of course, went through a great time of grief. And about a year after, he decides he's ready to start dating. Men often will want to date sooner than women. Yeah. Um, that's that. just a f statistic. Uh. So anyways, my daughter shows him a picture of my friend, Debbie, and says, <laughs> this is my mom's friend, Debbie. And 
she lost her husband and, and a son, and she's ready to start dating. And Ron says, okay, I would like to meet her. So they go on a date, and basically they've been together ever since, and they are now married. That's so crazy. So she is my in-law now. <laughs> oh, you have so many funny oh. things that happen to you. You have I know. so many crazy things. I'm just like, oh, my Again, gosh. I, I'm telling you, when you let God into your life, and I'm not trying to be freak anyone out, oh, this woman, she's a born-again Christian, and she's got these crazy ideas. But I'm telling you, <laughs> when you crazy. let God into your life, you will be surprised the things that will happen. Yeah. You will be surprised. Yeah, that's for sure. Yes. Well, Gina, I loved having you on. Thank you so much. And I, I hope that, I mean, there's no way to hear from somebody about grief who hasn't walked through it, you know, for it to really mean something to you. I think you yeah, have to hear from true. somebody who went that's through it. Yes. So thank you so much for sharing everything. And I, I hope we can have you on again. I would love that, Eric. And I'm so proud of you. I Aww. remember when you were starting out as your, <laughs> um, you had become the radio host, the afternoon radio host at KKLA. Yeah. And it's just so, so awesome to see what you are doing now and how you're helping others. And, Aww. and you have the cutest little baby boy too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> he is cute. He's a lot of work, but we get yes, through it because he he's cute at least. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I hope that something in today's conversation provided you with a feeling of hope, determination, or purpose. I know what you're going through. And that's why I want to give you some of the tools that helped me in my anxiety journey. To get a free copy of Free From Fears, head to freefromfearsbook.com. To find out more about the Change Anxiety Treatment Program, find us at changedwith2as.com. Thanks again for listening, and remember, you are not broken, you are not alone, and you are on your way to living a life free of anxiety. See you next week. Before you go, I wanted to give you one last reminder to discover your anxiety profile at lifefreeofanxiety.com profile. Going forward, we really think this should be the starting point for everyone's anxiety journey. Once you're done, once you're done, you'll probably wonder how we could learn so much from just a few questions. It really is amazing. What you don't see is behind the scenes, your responses are compared to what we've learned from helping over 200,000 people just like you reverse their anxiety over the past 40 years. It's a data-backed assessment with real insights. I promise it's worth 90 seconds of your time, and it's totally free. Just click the link in the show notes or head to lifefreeofanxiety.com slash profile, and I'll talk to you again soon.